USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every Sunday morning on WBSM Radio by USA Wealth Group. And this morning, we're pleased to have with us Peter Lance. By the way, my name is Ray Lance, and good morning to you, Pete. Good morning, and good morning, everyone. So, Pete, as we begin this morning, we're going to be talking about investing today. I want to make it really clear, first of all, that I'm licensed for insurance and have a background in taxes and things of that nature, but I don't give investment advice because that requires investment licenses, doesn't it? It does. Um, I have my securities licenses, and specifically I'm an investment advisor representative. Uh, I can certainly give investment advice regarding stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, you know, any of those uh, various talking points, but I cannot do that necessarily over the radio. Right. I was just realizing your voice is starting to sound more like mine all the time on the radio, Pete. Well, it's interesting because I was going to say your voice is like a real nice golden timber today, more so than usual. Okay, well, just don't cut me down, that's all. No, and I don't—I certainly don't try to sound like you, but I, I get all the time people say that I sound just like you, including from my wife and other people. Well, I'm not sure that's a good thing. I've had the first experience in my 11 years of doing this radio show. Has it been 11 or 12 years now? Well, I think we've just about finished our 11th year on the radio, which is amazing when you think about it. Yep. So first time that this has ever happened to me where I was out and speaking to someone in in literally 15, 20 seconds, she said, are you on the radio? (laughs) (laughs) And I know you've had that happen to you a couple times in the stores. Yeah. Well, we we speak with a certainly uh, a different kind of a voice when we're on the radio, don't we? Yes, we do. And it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's not. No, I don't really feel like I, I honestly don't feel like I try to change my voice or talk any differently on the radio. I just, this is me. This is you. Okay. Well, today we're going to be talking about what Wall Street doesn't understand about you. And this is based on materials that comes from AE Wealth Management. Is that correct, Pete? It is. And we do, as always, there's a little bit less information than what we normally have with regards to handouts. We mention this all the time. We have so many handouts on so many different subjects that we're happy to share with you. You just have to give us a call, 508-998-8858. The only, well, actually, we have three handouts. You have one over there, but we usually have even more on on various subjects. But because it's uh, investing and uh, you have to be much more cautious with discussions and planning when you're talking about brokerage accounts, there's just less flyers and informational material that we have, but we do have what to do in a down market. And it says market downturns are inevitable. Here's why staying the course matters. And this one is six pages long. It's, you know, back to back pages and happy to give that to you as well as another one that is called navigating market volatility. It's all about perspective. And this one is about the same, about six pages in it. It just goes into some general topic discussion about what to do in in a bear market. So let me ask you a question, Pete. If somebody wanted to have one of these brochures, what would they do to ask for one? How would they ask for one? Well, I just given out the phone number. They're happy to, we're happy to have you give us a call and we'll get it to you either uh, send it to you in the mail or you can come by and pick it up. But we have it on every subject matter you can possibly think of. 508-998-8858. Okay. Well, you know, if you're like most people, there's probably a good chance that one of your major concerns is running out of money during retirement. And sometimes people on Wall Street, I guess, think that they have an answer by just loading up on lots of stocks. And I guess over the years, the stock market has uh, occasionally generated fairly impressive returns. But what if you don't have the uh, the stomach for handling ups and downs, um, maybe that's not a good strategy. What if you do? What if you don't? 
Does the stock market make you nervous? These are questions that you should ask Peter, for example. What if you're always afraid that if you pick the wrong stocks, your retirement dreams could turn into maybe a retirement nightmare, right, Pete? Yeah, and you know, especially as our clients become retired maybe, or maybe 10 years into retirement, they might wanna start thinking about becoming more conservative. Uh, you know, certainly a lot of people enjoy being in the stock market. Um, and there could be potential, of course, for higher gains, but there's also the potential for much more substantial losses as well. So we like to usually recommend a mix, um, but with regards to your portfolio, uh, we take a careful look at that and can get into some more detail than you might not be able to really understand listening at home mm -hmm. um, with regards to providing a Morningstar report that'll show really truly how your portfolio is performing and you know the potential risks of staying the, with the same strategy that you're in, as well as we can break down any fees that the companies usually like to hide very, very well. So I'd like to come back in a few minutes and talk about what a Morningstar report is, Pete, and ask you some questions about that. But what I'd like to do is to start out by asking you some of the questions that we're gonna try to answer today so I guess one of the real questions, the most important questions, is whether people really understand the investments that they might have in their retirement portfolio, right? Right, and I'll tell you, very few actually do that I meet with at least, as some people who are really love it and treat it as like a hobby and not just a, their retirement plan, and they really seem to know what they're doing, but most people don't. They just kind of see, okay, my portfolio went up or it went down this month or this quarter. Okay. And so that's probably an important question. Do you ever have the opportunity to ask clients, what's your investment risk tolerance? How much could you afford to lose if you're in the stock market, for example? Do you ever ask questions like that to people? Absolutely, and that was, so there's 10 questions that we're going to be basically tying into today's show. The first one was, uh, Dad, as you mentioned, uh, do you really understand the investments in your portfolio? And then the second one is what you just alluded to, which is, what is the maximum percentage of investment loss that you would be willing to endure in any single year? So I guess what you're really trying to get at when you're asking those kinds of questions is, what is somebody's risk tolerance, right? Correct, and we definitely get into that. Uh, it's very important that we get into that, and we actually come up with what's called a risk score with each and every person that I sit with, and that will tell you what your true risk tolerance is, and then we you know, try to do our best with matching the portfolio to that risk score. So you have a lot of people out there giving advice and recommendations, and it really gets to be confusing, I would imagine, to listen to all of them, especially when it comes to economists. Economists are always giving different views on things. You know, uh, George Bernard Shaw once said, if all the economists were laid end to end, they'd never reach a conclusion. Hmm. Well, the next, um, question, if you will, that we're going to get into in the second, third, and fourth parts of the show is when a falling stock market results in large losses in your retirement portfolio, do you worry so much that you have trouble sleeping? Do you like money, Pete? Money makes the world go around, unfortunately. Hmm. That was the song in Cabaret, wasn't it? I guess. I've never seen it. Well, <laughs> did you ever hear the name J. Paul Getty? Yes. J. Paul Getty once said, money is like manure. You have to spread it around or it smells. Okay, it's a bit different. That's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, is there anybody that doesn't like money? No, probably, but um, <clears throat> I know people worry about it a lot, which is why we, we try to give information here and you give advice in terms of people's investments. I tend to do work more with uh, life insurance and uh, financial products like annuities and things that I'm licensed for. I can't give stock recommendations and stock advice because I've chosen not to do those particular licenses. So here's a question for you, Pete. Over the next 10 years, do you think that the chances are better or worse that the economy will be in an upward cycle or downward cycle? We're really in kind of an odd time right now, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, that's a loaded question and that's sure really is. vague. You're talking in the next 10 years. Um, you know, historically, the stock market is on an upward trend about 75% of the time. Well, it goes in cycles too, doesn't it? Yeah, so who the heck knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years? I mean, so many things could play into that. 
just outside of the U.S. Uh, alone, never mind what happens with the U.S. itself. And, you know, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> it's, it's impossible for anyone to even speculate on what's going to happen in the next 10 years in the markets. Well, we've just come off of um, three years of tough inflation, haven't we? We're still involved with high inflation. And um, I think that people are now thinking it may last a little longer than they thought that it was going to last. Yep, the feds keep trying to beat it back down and, and various factors make them have to keep raising rates and have inflation continue to you know stay where it is. So here's a question you might want to ask clients, I suppose, sometime. Is your future retirement income based upon the ups and downs of the stock market? And if that's the case, then I guess that's when you might get into something like a Morningstar review and figure out where they stand on the on the risk uh, fulcrum. Yeah, and regardless of you know what someone is invested in, I like to diversify outside of just a portfolio as well with regards to my recommendations. So I do like to see some fixed income, some fixed investing, um, and not have everything tied up in the stock market. Regardless if it's you know all bonds even. <laughs> And the latest thing we have to worry about now is whether we're going to have a recession or not. We still don't really know whether we're going to be in a recession. I still maintain that I feel like we really are, and they just haven't announced it yet. You know, it's silly, but I continue to lose sight of the name of the organization that actually declares the recession. But <laughs> it's it's a really odd organization that it's, it seems to be kind of like their only purpose. It is. Well, we will come back in just a couple of minutes after a break. I'm going to leave you with a quotation from Ben Franklin. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. That's a pleasant thought. Stay tuned. We will be right back and talk more about investments and retirement. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to MoneyWise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise. My name is Ray Lance, and with me this morning is Pete Lance, my partner and cohort. And um, gosh, you do a lot of work with finances with people, don't you, Pete? I do. Um, and actually, I just had a uh, new client in this past week who's a regular radio show listener. So if she's listening, which she most likely is, hello, and thank you for coming in. Good. Well, let me just say, basically, um, do you ever ask people if they want to get a second opinion on something? Or do you ever have a client say to you, I'm working with a broker now, but I think that I need to get a second opinion because I don't hear very often from my broker. A lot more often than you would think. Uh, it's amazing. Um, and it's not just smaller accounts. And this woman, by the way, asked if I do have a minimum uh, account that I will work with when it comes to assets under management. And yes, I do. Um, and it's amazing even on some of the smaller accounts that I work with, but even more so the larger accounts sometimes that I work with where they come in and they say, I've reached out to my agent three times and haven't gotten a phone call back. I've been trying to get in touch with my agent for over a month, haven't heard anything back. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, especially when you're talking about a brokerage account where you might want to make changes based on what's happening in today's current you know, economy and today's current market. So I can assure you that I get back to people within 24 hours regardless. And I mean, if you reach out to me on a Friday and for some reason I can't get to you by the end of the day, I will get back in touch with you on a Saturday. Um, so it's not even the next business day. And usually it is the same day that I can at least return your call and um, at least find out what it is that you need. So I guess when you meet with other people, you might ask them whether or not uh, their broker communicates with them and talks with them about uh, ways to reduce risk or get more conservative and things like that, don't you? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's something I always let them know. They can always reach out to me. I'm always available. Uh, if I don't have the answer to your question, 
then I will tell you I don't have the answer, but I will find out and get back to you. And I always do, you know, as soon as I get the answer if I don't have it. It's not often that that happens, but I will be upfront with you. Um, the next talking point um, that we're going to be discussing is in relation to, you know, your current broker. And that is, does your broker ever discuss how tax planning or other strategies might be a risk-free way to get more from your retirement savings? And yes, there are some definite tax strategies that we use. Um, I don't want to step on compliance's toes and maybe say anything about those over the radio, but mm-hmm. can definitely talk to you about those in person. And I know from the fact of uh, how many cases you've worked on personally that you do get involved in handling and analyzing people's social security benefits, particularly before they start collecting. You can tell them when the, the optimal time is for collecting social security, right? Yeah, that's another part of what we do here, of course. You have to have social security planning as part of your full retirement plan. We have special software here that can run special calculations, including break-even analysis and, and other things to show you really the optimal time for you to take social security. And again, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows if you know, God forbid you're going to get hit by a bus two years from now, maybe you should have started collecting Social Security early. But if you're relatively healthy and have good longevity in your family and uh, have other assets, it's generally a good idea to delay taking Social Security. But that's a we've done special shows just on Social Security before. Okay, so I need to contradict you on one thing. We actually in the next room do have a crystal ball. But what I've discovered when I've shown it to people and they hold it in their hands... What it does, it shows them a nice magnification of their fingers on the other side. Yeah, it doesn't actually predict the future. We do have a crystal ball, and we use that to show that, you know, we have one, but it doesn't work. It doesn't tell you anything, does it? Well, I know most people, um, I think, are really concerned about making sure the money is going to last in retirement, and they're not going to run out of money. Wouldn't you say it's a major concern? Absolutely. It's the first thing that we have to talk about. When you come in, we talk about you know having a um, budget and what you're taking in versus what you're paying out and spending every month, and that therefore starts the process of your income plan in retirement to make sure that you're not going to run out of money. Okay, so here's what your budget is. Here's what your uh, expenses are. Here's what you need every month, every quarter, every year coming in to make sure you can pay for your general living, never mind a lifestyle that you might enjoy. Now, let's stretch that out over you know your life expectancy and then some. That's the amount of money that we need to figure out how to have in your retirement um, portfolio and your, with all your retirement assets to make sure that that's gonna last. So basically what you do with people, it sounds like, is you wanna really see where are they coming from? What are their normal expenses and what's their normal expected income? then I guess you would probably do an asset analysis also, right? Yeah, we'd go through and we do an asset analysis. We put everything onto a spreadsheet uh, and make it all look nice. And there's your full asset spreadsheet. There's you know your joint accounts, your um, individual accounts, and whether they're actual qualified individual accounts um, or if some some spouses have totally separate bank accounts. So we break it all down with, you know, just say John and Mary Jones will have John's, all of his assets uh, in one area that will show John's bank account, John's CDs, John's um, IRAs, John's Roth IRAs, and then the next one will be Mary and all of hers, and then below that will be the joint accounts, and then we total it all up. Then I guess the bottom line would be is do you have a surplus in income or do you have a deficit in income? And if you're looking at a deficit, then you need to do what? You need to do further planning to figure out how to make up that deficit. You need to figure out how to make up for that deficit by um, you know, either making more money, investing maybe in a smarter way, uh, maybe having to cut back your expenses. I mean, we see it all. We see people with a real excess surplus of money every month, and you know, we help them reinvest that. Um, and then there's others who, of course, have a deficit, and we try to see what we can do to help stretch their dollar, uh, cut back on costs and figure out a way to make sure that they will have enough money to last them until their, you know, the rest of their lifetime. So here's a question, Pete. Um, Obviously you listen to clients and you listen to how they like to have their money handled and you listen to whether they are 
conservative or moderate or aggressive? How would you describe your own personal philosophy or style in terms of working with clients and their money? I listen to what the clients have to say. And again, we do do the risk analysis that you talked about before. So we do get a sense as to whether the client is, you know, more risk averse or not. And there are some people who do like to have a higher risk score and are comfortable with the potential for loss. Um, It's more and more common that I'm seeing people who are more conservative and just don't want to see a lot of, of loss in their portfolio. Okay, so Warren Buffett once said, rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. It's one of his more famous quotations, isn't it? Did you know that Warren Buffett got his start in New Bedford, Massachusetts? I I think that you've told me that, but it's been a few years since you told me that. Yeah, he owned some factory buildings down in the south end Hmm. of uh, New Bedford, and he got his start here and then made some money, and then he went on and look at where he's at today. So um, tell me more about this Morningstar analysis that you mentioned in earl- earlier. What does a Morningstar analysis do? <clears throat> well, first of all, going back about 10 minutes ago, you said that some people that come into our office say that they can't get in touch with their advisors. And again, we see that a lot. And I will tell you, I can't tell you the name of the company, but I worked for a company that uh, had me as what's called a captive agent, where I could only sell that company's products. Mm-hmm. Um, we are independent agents. We work with a, a bunch of companies and therefore have a lot more options because everybody's different and one, one product is good for one client, may not be good for another. But if you do have an agent who is not really responsive, absolutely get that second opinion. Let me take a look at it. I can give you some real world analysis and do that Morningstar report for you. And again, I'm very responsive. I will always get back to you. When I worked for that company, um, they would hand me a whole stack of um, documents. It was just one household after another after another and said, start making phone calls. And what they were called is orphans because their agent had either passed away or retired or gone to do something else. So these people didn't have an actual agent, and that is more common than you think. Hmm. Anyways, I apologize for totally going off the rails there, but a Morningstar analysis goes into... By the way, it's a bad analogy today with all the railroad derailments we've had recently. (laughs) I wasn't thinking about that. Those poor people in, what was it, Ohio? Um, Anyways, yeah, no, I didn't mean to to get into that, but thank you. Um, A Morningstar analysis gets into the real nitty-gritty of your portfolio. It will show you so much detail that your head will spin if you really wanted to analyze everything. Basically, it will show you how your portfolio stacks up against a benchmark, which we use the S&P 500 uh, as a benchmark. It will show you on a nice little graph if your portfolio is in line or underperforming or overperforming. It will show you your um, <clears throat> your assets as a whole and whether they are, you know, what percentage they are in bonds, what percentage they are in U.S. stock, what percentage they are in global stock, um, so on and so forth. It'll show the percentage of funds that are in, you know, cyclical versus defensive positions and so on. So really it's meant for somebody who is in those kinds of investments though. It's not meant for somebody who's got all their money into a bank account, for example. Right. No, this is strictly for a portfolio. Uh, You know, I can do one for a 401k also. Um, And yeah, again, it goes into so much detail. I wish I had one in front of me because I'm I'm trying to picture it in my head. But um, it'll show you your, you know, your trailing 12 uh, month yield. It'll show you your highest and lowest three month and six month and one year and averages. It, it goes into a lot of detail. And then it gets into really crazy things like your alpha, your beta and all kinds of. Okay, so never mind alpha and beta because that probably is a little bit too detailed. But let me ask you this question. Does it tell somebody what their their risk is? if they should possibly, if we should have a bad market. So that's separate from a true Morningstar report, but we always do that at the same time. Um, It's called a portfolio stress test. And yes, we do the stress test as well. It'll show the risk score that your portfolio has. And that's when we match up your portfolio versus what you really want your risk score to be and whether that matches or not. And it'll also show you what will happen if the markets do really well again. 
and it will also show you what happens if we have another really bad down market like we saw around to uh, end of 2007 until the beginning of 2009. All right, I'd like to come back and ask you a few more questions about the Morningstar analysis right after we take a short break. One more quick quotation from Warren Buffett. He said, predicting rain doesn't count, building arcs does. So that's a conservative philosophy, isn't it? Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back after a short break. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. You're here this morning with Ray Lance and Pete Lance. And Pete, tell folks again what your securities and investment credentials are, if you would, please. I'm what's called an investment advisor representative. Okay. And that means you have certain securities licenses, right? Correct. I can work in the stock market and analyze your portfolio and make recommendations and open up a new portfolio for you. Um, anything securities related pretty much. Or do an analysis. So just before the break, we were talking about the Morningstar analysis. Um, I guess in order to do a Morningstar analysis from what you said, you need to own stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or those kinds of investments. Is that correct? Right. All right. And so you don't do that over the phone, I assume. Somebody would have to make an appointment to come in to do that? Somebody would make an appointment to do that. Sometimes it's not as common, but some people either will drop off a copy of their statement and will make a quick photocopy of it and get them the original back. Some people will scan and email it to us ahead of time. That way we can analyze it ahead of time. That's actually preferable because that way I really can analyze it before the first meeting. Um, But most people just come in with it, and it's not a bad idea either because... Sometimes the first uh, meeting is really more of like a feeling out. Um, They're judging to see whether they like me and they trust me and they want to get to know me and and maybe use me as their advisor, which is perfectly fine and understandable. And and that does happen. And some people are very upfront with it and say, I just wanted to meet you first and see if you're somebody I wanted to work with. Okay. Um, But it's also a feeling out on my end as well to have a conversation and just say, What are your plans? What are your goals? Tell me a little bit about your life. Tell me about your family. And if somebody wants to do a Morningstar analysis and obtain this report, does it cost any money? No, it does not cost any money. It doesn't cost any money to sit and meet with me. Um, I haven't looked into this in a couple years, but I'm pretty sure that I'm actually allowed to charge an hourly fee to be an investment advisor representative, but I don't do that. Um, I wouldn't feel really comfortable doing that. I just... I enjoy helping people, and if you work with me, great. So, no, it doesn't cost any money to sit and talk with me. Um, And that's what most people enjoy, is just having a little dialogue at the first meeting especially. So another quick question. If somebody had a 401K account and they were getting close to retirement, can you analyze their 401K statement, for example, and do a Morningstar analysis on that? Absolutely. Uh, And if somebody is no longer at a company, then we always recommend that you roll over that 401k into an IRA. But there's also something with regards to what you just said. If somebody is thinking about retiring and maybe the markets as they are right now are a little bit volatile, sort of unsure what's going to be happening, some companies, most companies, but not all necessarily, will allow you to do an in-service distribution. Good point. Um, and Good you point. can take out quite a big, big chunk of your 401k or you know maybe even a pension or something and, and do an in-service distribution and protect uh, a large chunk of that before you retire while still contributing and, and leaving it open while you're continuing to work. And so I believe, if I'm correct, you have to be at least 59 and a half in order to do that. Correct. And then, so what Peter is saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that if you have a 401k, you're still working, uh, you're over the age of 59 and a half, but you're thinking that maybe you ought to be doing something different. You could still take a look at that as, as long as you're 59 and a half. And Correct. Take the money out. So here's a test quotation for you, Pete. 
I want to give you the quote and see if you can guess who this was. Pee Wee Herman. Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Bum, 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 God bum. himself. Ben Franklin. Oh. Sounds like it was like a question about whether you're going to heaven or hell. That's why I said that. No, but I, I've always liked uh, Ben Franklin, as you know. I do know. I'll have that on my tombstone someday. He liked Ben Franklin. So I always thought I should do Poor Raymond's Almanac. What would that be about? Well, Ben Franklin did Poor Richard's Almanac. And he did it anonymously, I believe, when, when he was a printer. Anyway, let's come back to our main topic today, which is what do you think most people really want And when it comes to investing? I think probably they want to protect their money and not lose their money. Would you think that's appropriate? Yeah, I mean, they want to make sure that, first and foremost, that they're going to be able to live the way that they are living now or maybe even more so if they're looking to travel. Uh, You know, everybody's got their own retirement dreams. But as a financial advisor, I've been helping people with their retirement plans for 18 years coming up this April. So in just a month, it'll be 18 years. And yeah, I'm constantly meeting with new clients who come to me for help. One of the things that's always obvious to me is that there's a disconnect, and I mean like a real disconnect between what people really want and then what Wall Street tells them that they should do. And because of that, I really think that you know, most people get bad advice from their brokers and financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Really, the average person that I meet and helping to plan their retirement dream is not trying to make the highest return on their investments necessarily. Just trying to protect what they have, I assume? Yeah. Instead, they, they usually are, have a pretty clear objective and they're just trying to make their money last. They want to make sure that they can stop working and feel comfortable and secure in retirement. Very few people have lofty goals of wanting to really go crazy in their retirement. Um, Most just want to at least maintain the lifestyle that they have now. You know, on the flip side of that, I've met with Wall Street brokers, some of which seem like really nice people, and, you know, they probably think that they're doing a great job for their clients, but there's usually a problem, and that's that a person will often choose to become a Wall Street broker because they typically like stocks, they believe in stocks, they believe in the markets. And they usually think that stocks are one of the greatest investments that you can make when there's so many other things out there that you can do to earn money, make money, protect your money. Well, I suspect it's also really uh, even more important in some respects for a woman to be thinking about some of these issues and making sure the money's going to last because most women outlive their spouses. Maria Bartiromo once said, most women outlive their spouses. Divorce remains at record rates. It's important for a woman to be able to control her finances. Yeah, and we just did a show on um, specifically women investing. And if you missed that for some reason, you can get that on our website or uh, our podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. But let me just go back to what I was just saying. I mean, when these people believe in stocks so strongly, it can really sometimes be pretty easy to fall into a trap where investing in them might you know, always seem like the best solution for, you know, just about any situation when that's really not the case. It's kind of like, well, here's a little quote for you. It's like that old saying that when you are a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Hmm. I never thought of myself as being a hammer before, but I guess I can understand the analogy. So you're not necessarily investing, you're not against investing in the stock market. Um, Stocks can have an important role in retirement planning. Absolutely. I mean, The returns of the S&P 500 have averaged around 10% annually. The problem is is that averages can really be deceiving, and to arrive at an average, we have to consider that there are extended periods when the stocks performed horribly. Um, You know, if you do have a big loss like people did in 2008, and you've seen people who had 30 40% losses or more, it takes sometimes 10 years or more just to get back to equal. Um, Never mind actually gain anything more than what you lost. Well, a gentleman named James Altshuler once said, the first rule of personal finance is that it's not personal and it's not financial. It's about your ability to make 10 changes and not get too depressed about it. So a lot of people who are in the stock market, I guess, must make changes a lot, Pete? Uh, yes and no. I see some people who, again, are very knowledgeable about the markets and they, they find it like, and treat it like a hobby. 
they play in the market is what I like to call it. That's very rare that I meet with somebody who is like that. But yes, they do like to make changes a lot. Traditionally, it's good to sort of just, you know, keep things as they are, depending on what they are once I analyze them. Um, so yes and no. I see people who have made a lot of changes. I see some uh, advisors who have made a lot of changes and whether they were doing that on the up and up or not, uh, you know, could be questionable at times. Um, it's not advisable to make a lot of changes, especially if there's any fees that are um, attached with those changes. A lot of people that I've met with have had portfolios that have been with them or their family for decades and decades. So it really varies. So I guess there's lots of different ideas uh, about how to invest and when to invest. And maybe at different stages in your life you invest a little differently. But I suspect that for a lot of people who are either retired or getting close to retirement, they want to be more conservative and they want to be making sure they they can protect their money and not run out of money. I, I would think that would be a major goal for most people, wouldn't you think so? Yeah, and that's what I typically see, um, absolutely. People who are getting close to retirement, in retirement, generally are thinking more conservatively at that point. Um, I will, I'll tell you, I have a conservative mindset when it comes to not wanting to lose money myself. I like to tell people that I meet with for the first time when they're talking about my own feelings about losing money. I've been to Las Vegas probably 10 times, twice for um, you know personal reasons, just to see a, a show that I couldn't see anywhere else. Um, and I like the city. I think it's unique and interesting looking. All the other times it's because it's one of the biggest cities in the country for insurance conferences. So I've been there a lot for insurance conferences to learn more. That's true. Do you spend money when you go there? The most I've ever put and lost in a casino is $20. Oh, good for you. I don't like to gamble. I don't like to lose money. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, <laughs> the just... first time I was in the in Vegas at all was when I was on a 24-hour leave with the Marine Corps. We were at 29 Palms. Well, that's different. And I was 20 years old, and I put a quarter in the slot machine. I pulled it. I didn't win anything, and I said, I gambled in Vegas. Awesome. <laughs> well, all right. Well, sometimes you do stupid things when you're in the Marine Corps or the service at those ages. We're gonna take a short break in just a moment. I just wanna remind everybody that we've got uh, brochures. You've got a brochure that's called what, Pete? 2023 Market Outlook. And that's the third brochure I started talking about during the first segment. We're happy to give those to you, along with any other topics that we have, um, uh, flyers on which we have a lot, 508-998-8858. And you give them out one at a time because you don't want somebody to call up and say, I want a copy of every brochure that you've got. We just can't do that. Not one at a time, but not a hundred that we have at a time, maybe. <laughs> no. Anyway, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise with Pete Lance and I'm Ray Lance and we're your hosts today. We're talking about investments and Pete, just before the break, we were talking about the fact that there's some interesting company-approved handouts that we have, like navigating market volatility. It's all about perspective. So you're not allowed to give advice over the radio. You're not allowed to give advice over the telephone. It has to be person-to-person, correct? I mean, if a client calls me up and wants to ask me some advice over the telephone, absolutely. But no, if you're somebody new who I haven't met with yet, I, I certainly wouldn't do that over the phone. I mean... I would need to learn more about you and and take a look at what you're actually talking about. Um, And that's not just to get your business. I'm not going to put myself out there and give advice that may not be suitable for you without learning more about you and your current situation. So, Pete, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you had any recent phone calls about this uh, Silicon Valley bank collapse that happened in California? Anybody who's concerned about that? Yeah. um, This week I, I had a couple people call and just ask about it and 
Um, I know that you wanted to talk about that a little bit with regards to the FDIC and uh, what they protect. So people tend to be concerned anytime they see something like this in the news and they say, what happens if it happens to my family and my bank? And first of all, uh, when that happens, a bank collapse, it's extremely rare. It doesn't happen very often. And um, we have something called the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC. And the rules are fairly complicated, but as a general proposition, bank accounts and um, also credit union accounts are covered generally up to $250,000 for each of the accounts. But also something interesting I think people don't realize is that if somebody has an irrevocable or a revocable living trust, and I know some people do here with the uh, law firm, uh, which is not affiliated with our financial companies, insurance accounts, or I should say uh, living trust accounts, can be covered up to a million two fifty per owner. And then the rules of beneficiaries get a little bit more complicated than that. We won't get into it, but in general, it's interesting to see when something like that happens, and uh, I think a lot of people get scared. I believe the White House has just announced recently, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, even over and above the $250,000 limits for the FDIC, they're going to make sure all the accounts are covered. What happens in that situation, by the way, is typically the banks uh, will be sold to another institution. I heard, for example, on the radio just very recently that the word has already gone out that this bank might be for sale. And HSBC, uh, which is, I believe, based out of Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Shanghai Bank, I believe, offered to pay $1 for the <laughs> bank. It's a legitimate offer because they would take over all the mess and straighten it out. Yeah. No, but it's, I thought that was funny. What I like <laughs> to tell people is that, you know, if there were ever going to be a time where you really lost all your money in the bank, you know, you're talking probably like end of days times. They're going to be protected by either another bank buying up and dealing with the mess, as you say, or by the FDIC. It's really highly unlikely that you're ever going to really be in danger of losing that money for good, like I said, unless hell opens up below us and we're all saying goodbye. So one of the more famous uh, investors over the years was a gentleman named Peter Lynch, who ran one of the major funds for uh, Fidelity. Uh, he's no longer in business, but uh, he had a great run and averaged like a 29% return for his mutual funds. He ran the Magellan Fund for Fidelity. And he once said, if you're going to invest, he says, go for a business that any idiot can run, because sooner or later, any idiot is probably going to run it. That's very true. I thought that was pretty good investment advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to go back to something that we talked about earlier, but before I do that, I want to go back to something even earlier, which is the Morningstar report. Um, if you do want that, it is something I would want to meet with you real quick first. Um, but there is no fee for that. I wanted to make sure that that's something that people know also. That's something that we do. It's usually about a 48-hour you know, business day turnaround. Um, we don't charge to do that. And it's really, as you said, I believe, in the first segment, Dad, you know, do any of you listening ever think about having a second opinion? And I've used this analogy before. If you all of a sudden have something going on uh, with your health, with your body that's serious enough that you think that you want to go and get a second opinion, don't you normally do that? Sure. Don't you think that your retirement accounts should deserve a, a second opinion as well? So let me give you that second opinion. I never, ever try to pull somebody away from an advisor if they're truly happy with them. Um, but I do like to you know, give that second opinion. And I had mentioned before about a lot of people who are maybe in the business who are in love with stocks and the markets and everything, and that's sort of the way that they advise. You know, I said that that might be good for them, but the advice might not be the best. And I definitely want to say it again because it's important that stocks have their place in a retirement portfolio. It's definitely not a mistake to own them, but it can be a mistake to make risky investments before you have thoroughly and really truly explored all that there might be to get more from your retirement savings without risking a penny of your retirement savings. Hmm. Well, Walt Disney once said, when you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way, implicitly and unquestionable. 
Because he, he believed in Mickey Mouse, but he was an interesting man. He was very interesting. I saw you know, Mr. Banks or whatever that was. Saving, what was the name of that movie? It was interesting with Tom Hanks, but uh, it didn't really dive into what a great and you know truly determined entrepreneur he was. I'm a big Disney fan, if you can't tell, but he did not really have crazy success the way that people think that he did. Of course, now Disney is a multi-billion dollar corporation and everything, but um, he just was determined to get it done, and he had a lot of failure from starting out creating Mickey Mouse and before to finally creating Disneyland, but mm-hmm. he never got to see you know much beyond that, unfortunately, because of his smoking and his death. Um, in any event, unless you had something, I was going to get into some retirement bucket holes. Yeah, now let's talk about that a little bit. A lot of people uh, choose to invest in stocks and bonds and mutual funds. Real estate brokers say buy investment properties. Insurance brokers might say buy life insurance and annuities. Other people say, well, buy gold or buy Bitcoin. Well, we know what happened to Bitcoin in some of these alternative investment classes. But I think most people tend to be more conservative. Don't you think so, Pete? I do. Again, it's rare that I see a client with a high risk score who's actually happy when I show them what their risk score is. And most when I show them that they have a high risk score and I show them their Morningstar report uh, and, you know, the potential losses that they've probably already been seeing most recently, they really want to get more conservative and, and have me make some recommendations. So... I guess you can put things in different categories too, like different buckets or something like that. Yeah, I mean, think of all about all your retirement assets as sitting inside of a big bucket. And some of the money in that bucket has come from savings and retirement plan contributions that you've made over the years. Some is maybe in the form of a pension or social security benefits. Some assets in the bucket will grow from interest earnings and investment returns. Once you retire and start taking withdrawals from the bucket, the amount remaining will obviously most likely decline. But I guess that's okay as long as you don't have a leaky bucket. Do you have a leaky bucket? No, but do you remember the song? Uh, there's a hole in, in the pocket. pocket, dear Liza. The only reason I know Liza. that is because I was in that play when I was really? in about the sixth grade. <laughs> and I had to sing that song over and over again in rehearsals. And that stupid song has stuck with me how many years later. Well, fix it, dear Henry, dear Henry, dear Henry. (laughs) Well, what shall I fix it? All right, all right, all right. (laughs) But anyways, if you're like most people, one of your, you know, most important objectives is probably to make sure that there will always be enough money in that bucket to support you no matter how long you might live. Uh, And so that's why, you know, as many opinions as there are out there telling you the best way to do this, Wall Street brokers will typically say to do it by investing in stocks and bonds. Real estate brokers will say it to by, by buying investment properties. Insurance brokers will say to do it with annuities. Oh, Peter, I have a great quotation. Uh, speaking of leaky buckets, I just saw this here from Benjamin Franklin. Beware of little expenses. A small leak will sink a great ship. That's just fantastic. T- Thanks timely. for cutting in. Perfect. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw that. I had to give that quotation. Others will say it. Um, We'll say, just as you just mentioned, with alternative investment like gold or Bitcoin or something like that. And some will say to do it with a combination of many different asset classes. Most people aren't like that, are they? Saying just do one or the other? No, I think most people aren't saying, I want something in all all different kinds of things. Most advisors are not. No, and that's, you know, again, why I feel like us being independent advisors is a very important thing for you listening at home. Well, I want to give you a special quotation, though, because I saw this and it reminded me of my mother. And it has nothing to do with the radio show today, but I liked it. And I'm going to read it to you first and then tell you who wrote it. My mother inspired me to treat others as I would want to be treated, regardless of age, race, or financial status. Was it Ben Franklin? No, it was Tommy Tommy Hilfiger said that. I thought that was interesting. It would not have... Expected that would have been a quote from him. No, my mom was a great lady. She was phenomenal. Think about her all the time. All right, what else would we like to talk about today? We talked about the bucket um, and the holes in the bucket. I guess we're running near the end. Um, I guess the message I'd like to leave everybody with today is don't be afraid to get a second opinion 
or if you don't have a first opinion, come in and get a first opinion. Come meet with uh, Pete. Uh, give him a call at 508-998-8858. He'd be happy to go through and do the analysis for you. And um, you would be bringing in your statements and you'd make recommendations, right, Pete? Absolutely. Happy to help. I will tell you, um, it makes me feel good to hear it, but I hear it all the time. People are so happy to come in and meet with me, to meet with you, Dad. They feel at home here very quickly. They are comfortable with us very quickly. And we love to see our clients come back again and again to meet with us, you know, and we encourage that obviously at least annually, but we love our clients and we're happy to help. I just want to remind everyone that USA Wealth Group uh, helps provide insurance services, but USA Wealth Management. US, it's called USA Wealth Advisors. Wealth Advisors, I'm sorry. Um, and involves uh, giving advice in areas of securities and, and matters involving risk, loss of principal, gaining of principal. Give us a call. Not everyone can be an expert on everything. And thank you so much for listening and thank you for your words of wisdom, Pete. Thank you. USA Wealth Group Incorporated is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory products and services made available through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through the insurance business USA Wealth Group Incorporated. USA Wealth Group Incorporated is also an investment advisory practice that offers products and services through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. AEWM does not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by USA Wealth Group Incorporated are not subject to investment advisor requirements. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. USA Wealth Group Incorporated is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group Incorporated. This radio show is a paid placement.